We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. We've got plenty of NBA basketball to break down here. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. On Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA over on the Twitter machine. Before we get into any of the, the NBA basketball stuff, though, make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. We're making that push for 20,000. We're getting there. I know it's kind of a lull right now in terms of transaction news, but we are still moving up that ladder. So make sure you are subscribing right here to the YouTube channel. Keith, how are you doing? How was your weekend? I'm good, man. It was a weekend filled with basketball and a whole lot of uh, college hoops on, uh, you know, all weekend. And then we had the uh, you know NBA games, of course, at night. So I know everybody's all fired up for March Madness. We will have a bracket group, a front office bracket group. Um, I will tweet that out at Keith Smith NBA uh, when I have that uh, bracket group set up. It's just for fun. Uh, but our little prize is going to be we're going to let you write a rant. Um, you can send that whoever wins. Uh, maybe maybe we'll do the top two or three uh, rant or a hot take or whatever it is. And as long as it's uh, acceptable for our channel here and not a uh, you know cuss filled or you know uh, you know very hurtful or anything, we'll we'll read it and we'll share it. So uh, so that'll be the prize there. We'll we'll figure all that stuff out as we go. But yeah, but we're we're super excited, man. It's March Madness time. We got hoops on uh, you know Thursday and Friday, two of the best days of the end of day. I was gonna say NBA calendar. <laughs> basketball calendar that's right yeah I'm, I'm excited for it too always fun to get more basketball that, that's the thing you can never have too much basketball so if this just means we get more basketball okay i i will take it and then we've had nfl free agency has been going off too so i've been all over that and mlb mlb free agency <laughs> too has been going crazy oh it, it's been a fun time for sports and it's been let me tell you keith there have been plenty of distractions for me to take to take me away from from what's going on in in Lakers land. There've been a few few positive moments recently, but also a lot of a lot of downtime. So there's been plenty of distractions for me, which has been absolutely great. Uh, speaking of which, I guess that's where we should really start. Anthony Davis. Uh, we got a little bit of an update on AD in terms of his his comeback efforts. Uh, Frank Vogel. We asked him yesterday, actually before the Lakers took on the Suns, uh, how confident he was that Anthony Davis was going to come back, and he said 100% maybe. That, that, that was yeah. his answer. That was his answer. And Keith, that sounds about right. You know this. You know what happens. So there's this weird phenomenon in press rooms where whenever anybody, coach, player, says anything remotely funny, everybody, all the reporters, 
have to act like it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. So, of course, that drew a ton of laughs. Lakers fans on Twitter, meanwhile, were less <laughs> thrilled than the 100% maybe answer from Vogel. Of course, he was joking around at that moment. But uh, it sounds like AD is going to get back out on the floor this week. Going to be doing some stationary shooting. And then they'll go from there. The plan is not to shut him down for the season. The plan is to try to bring him back this year. But more imaging coming up this week. And then they'll see what's what at that point. Yeah, my guess is they are going to continue to let's see where things stand by the time we get to to the time he may be ready, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's no reason to rush him back if you are in a position of, you know what, and I'm just I'm not saying this, let me caveat with them, not expecting this at all. Mm -hmm. But if they start to fall out of the playing race or something, yeah. then there's no reason to bring it back. Right. Or if it's, uh, you know, man, we lost two more guys due to injury, then it probably becomes there's no reason to bring them back. But if you're in a position where, you know, all right, we're it's kind of what we are right now, bring them back and see where it goes. As long as he, he's he's truly healthy, can't do any more damage. You might as well get him back on the floor and, you know, just start you know, giving it your best run here, whether it be through the play-in or, or the actual playoffs themselves, because, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, clearly Anthony Davis thought, uh, you know, from his comments that if he was healthy, they would have beat the mm -hmm. Suns last year. And it's a little hard to argue with, right? They were up to one in that series. And, uh, you know, and he, he may be right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Suns need any more motivation yeah. or anybody else kind of doubting who, who they are as a team. I mean, they're the best team in the league by far in a way, uh, this year they have a seven and a half game lead right now over the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, in the Western conference. So they're basically going to cruise all the way uh, into the playoffs. But yeah, that was just kind of interesting. That was one of those ones where I, I think a lock got made out of it. And I kind of look at it as like, what else is he going right. to say? I mean, he could, he could have done the whole, Oh, you know, you don't know they're a tough team, you know, credit to them, all that stuff. But you know, I mean, these guys get where they get by being supremely confident that, you know, they're, they're the difference maker and not have a huge problem with it. Yeah, it was interesting. So, I'm not sure 100% certain who asked the question. I, I was on the Zoom call. Typically, when it's one of the LA-based reporters that's in person, I tend to recognize their voice. I didn't recognize the voice of the person who asked the question. So I don't know if it was a, a Suns reporter or if it was a Lakers reporter. I, I'm not 100% on that. But the question also got asked to Frank Vogel. So clearly, somebody's writing something along these lines. Yeah. Um, it was a major headline in Arizona sports from what I saw as soon as as soon as he said it right instantly the headlines started coming out you oh, know anthony davis says this and trying to get suns fans in an uproar frank vogel got asked the same question and vogel does he is one of the best i've ever seen when it comes to handling press conferences i've yet to see a question face him and you can argue with the x's and o's and rotation all that kind of stuff just purely talking press conference in terms of managing questions that gets thrown at him he just never gets phased by anything. So that question was thrown at him. He very, very easily sidestepped it, gave the standard, you know, well, we can never truly know and they're a good team and, and you know, and, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Anthony Davis did not. Probably not what you want to say right before you're playing that team. Um, and also probably not what you want to say when you're probably, if you do happen to manage to get through the play-in, which is not a given, but if they do happen to get through the play-in, that's the team they're going to see in round one. But again, Anthony Davis tends to be very honest in his interviews, um, sometimes to a fault. And so it's mm -hmm. not a surprise that he that he said what he said or that he thinks that way. I, I personally, I agreed with him at the time. Again, I'm biased, but I agreed that I thought had Anthony Davis stayed healthy, the Lakers probably win that series. And then 
who knows what happens from there. Maybe they lose in the second round. We don't know. Yeah, I, I, again, I have no issue at all with with what he said. I think this is, in a lot of ways, this is, you know, this is part of what makes professional athletes mm-hmm. as good as they are, right? They 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 have that supreme belief in them. And, you know, and then I kind of look at it as I'll really start to care more when he plays again. <laughs> like at this point, it's just, you know, this is a, a guy who's out and, you know, I, I was more interested in the way he was feeling and his injury updates mm-hmm. than, you know, any of his thoughts about stuff that happened a year ago. Agreed. Agreed. All right. But, you know, we got to have drama to to yep. talk about. So, you know, I keep, we love the league. We've got a lot of stories today about uh, about guys who are returning, which is great. But I want to get to right now. Let's just get it out of the way. A guy who might not be returning. I, I'm And I was caught a little off guard by this 50 50 chance. Jamal Murray returns to the Denver Nuggets. I was looking forward to the Denver Nuggets being that kind of. I don't know if I want to call them sleeper team, but that team that, you know, you get Michael Porter Jr. back, you get Jamal Murray back, mm-hmm. off you go. Suddenly you've got that team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs. I was kind of looking forward to seeing that version of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, took the wind out of my sails a little bit to hear that he's only a 50-50 chance to return this season. Yeah, this report came from Mike Singer of the Denver Post. Um, he basically wrote that Murray's had a lot of good days in his rehab, and he's had some bad days. Not uncommon, right, that, that's going to happen, in that the Nuggets won't push him until he feels he's ready. Uh, no one is suggesting at all that Murray is milking this or is you know, uh, not ready but probably should be or anything like that. It's just a reality of he doesn't feel confident just yet in that knee uh, after tearing his ACL, which was a, almost a year ago now. It, it happened in, I think it was the beginning part of April. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see. You know, it's not 50-50, still better than zero or you know 25% or wherever you want to go so you know I, I hope he makes it back too I hope Michael Porter Jr. makes it back because I think the Nuggets then become a really interesting team in the postseason uh, but if they don't have either one of those guys despite how great Nikola Jokic is and he may be the MVP again I just don't know that they have enough to take down uh, Memphis Golden State in the first round if that's you know, ultimately where it goes yeah, that's going to be a challenge for them for sure. Um, again, I would, I would just, I would like to get Jamal Murray back and healthy, but we'll see. We'll see if he's able to fully recover and get back out on the floor right now. Um, all right, let's move into. Well, I guess before we get to the returns, Mitchell Robinson. This is a big that that's going to be out there in the market. We've talked a little bit about him. We've asked the question, what is his true market value? Now the Pistons have emerged as a team. And the reason why I'm giving this in particular a little bit more credibility is we've already heard the Pistons as a potential landing spot for DeAndre Ayton. Now, again, we don't expect the Suns to move on from DeAndre Ayton, but he will be a restricted free agent. And the Pistons were one of the teams that was mentioned months ago as a team that could go after him and give him a, a big offer. Part of that is just the math. But now they're being connected to another big, and it would make sense for them to target a center. So Mitchell Robinson, the Pistons as a landing spot for him, I think that's interesting, depending on what the price tag is in order to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I what I think is, is kind of fun here with this one is 
this is a chance to put the Knicks in a really tough spot. Now, the Knicks don't have match rights. He's an unrestricted free agent, so so the Knicks aren't in a position where you know they can match whatever offer. But generally, even with unrestricted free agents, unless they're really unhappy and looking to leave, they're gonna give that incumbent mm-hmm. team, you know, all right, hey, here's what I have for an offer. Yo, what do you what do you think? And and the Pistons can put that squeeze on. They're gonna go into the offseason with the most cap space of any team in the league. I project about 31 million. Uh, right now for the Pistons. So that's, you know, far and away. And center is still, let's call it a position to need. I don't want to call it really a hole on the roster because I like yeah. Isaiah Stewart. I think he's pretty good. I would like Isaiah Stewart a lot more as a 25-minute-a-night uh, uh, bench guy in kind of the uh, Montrez Harrell role. Like come in, play with a ton of energy, bang bodies, you know, do all that stuff. Then starter. Um, I like Kelly Olenek. Too, but I think Olenek, he's all sorts of different guys, and I think you could play him quite a bit. And I like Marvin Bagley, who they picked up at the trade deadline. He's actually played pretty well uh, for Detroit so far. But when you have that cap space, go get guys, right? That that's kind of what they did with Jeremy Grant. If you you know, as long as you don't get crazy with the contract, you can then turn that into a you know pretty good deal where you can you know maybe that becomes a trade piece down the line or something along those lines. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see ultimately where this goes with Mitchell Robinson. And I think the Knicks may regret that they didn't make him an unrestricted or make him a restricted free agent this past off season when they could have then just, um, you know, gone and uh, matched any kind of offer he got or anything like that. Potential. This does still exist. The Knicks could sign him to an extension, but if you're Mitchell Robinson, are you going to do that Dinwiddie extension, you know, about, 10 11 million dollars a year or are you going to hold out and then kind of say you know what i'll hold out because i maybe i can get the uh the you know a bigger deal than that maybe i can get something in the 15 plus million a year range and that, that may be where this goes if you're if you're the pistons do you do you pay that 15 million plus for mitchell robinson like do you feel good about about that yeah i think so especially if i could maybe get it to a um a shorter deal or mm. a deal that has uh um maybe a uh something that that has a team option at the end or non-guaranteed money on the final year or something like that then, then yeah i think so I, I think i'd be you know a little bit more interested if it was truly 15 you know a year average that might be a little high just mm-hmm. given robinson his shooting range is measured in inches, not feet. Uh, despite any off-season workout videos you may see of him launching three-pointers all over the place, and he's also he is a guy who is not. Um... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. His health record isn't great, mm-hmm. so I worry about that a little bit too. So that's kind of, that. that's probably a little bit high for me unless I get some protection on the back end. Agreed. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking too, especially with with the injury concerns. That's something that would it would give me a little bit of pause there with with Mitchell Robinson. A little bit of breaking news that we have here: uh, Luca and Kevin Durant are the players of the week for their respective conferences. So yep. that just came out. Yeah, really well deserved. Mm-hmm. Huge weeks for both those guys. So, kind of all around weeks too. You know, in terms of uh, always with Luca, right? You know, he's always going to uh, be right near that triple double. Status, but Kevin Durant as well was right there, and you know, I mean, a couple. But uh, I think they both went three and zero in the week. Maybe Luca went three and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, three and one for Luca, three and zero for KD. So yeah, makes yeah, sense. Not a bad week. Let's talk Greg Popovich here. Uh, Greg Popovich now the winningest coach all time in NBA history, and it sounds like he might not be done. Might have another year in him, and the Spurs may have already found a successor potentially. And Quinn Snyder. So first of all, congratulations to Greg Popovich. That's a tremendous record. One of the all-time great coaches in the NBA and fantastic to see him accomplish that. And then what do you, what are your thoughts on Quinn Snyder? I mean, maybe it's a little premature to just have him as the guy, but I think that's interesting that that name is already popping up. If we remember when Quinn Snyder left the, um, (laughs) left the, left the, um, college ranks he was the Spurs G League coach for a little mm-hmm. bit there so I think it does make some sense right why he is um uh you know on their their list I, I think you know they're a team that I think would like to get somebody in there who's going to be in there for years to come right and they, they don't necessarily want this to be a uh you know year or two thing or every they're they're like every other Sacramento. team changing coaches yeah. and they've had pop pop for two decades right so they want to keep him him in place so and i think if they feel like it's quinn snyder yeah you know go go forward and, and go so i uh, you know i'm very uh you know interested to see how this plays out with with pop too i i tend to think he's gonna come the year but you know we'll, we'll see i wonder if he's got a little bit of that you know old school coach in him where there's a little bit of you know when i'm not a coach what am i you know, mm-hmm. I always say I kind of think that with um, you know, a guy like Bill Belichick and you know my favorite team, the Patriots. You know, like if he's not coaching them, what what is he going to do? You know, with, with life. You know, I you know we've seen this all the time with these college coaches. Sometimes they leave, and then you know, unfortunately, a handful of them within a year or two have passed away because it's almost like the thing that was driving them day to day is no longer there. So, you know. Let's uh, you know, well, let's see, you know, how this goes goes down, and I kind of wonder too, you know, could this be something where, hey, we're putting this out there just in case if you know Utah moves mm-hmm. on, we've got maybe a succession plan in place, and and we'll see. But yeah, it's going to be something to watch. Absolutely, absolutely, and once again, congratulations to Greg Popovich. Um, let's talk about returns. Always nice when players come back from injury. So we've got Dylan Brooks coming back for the Memphis Grizzlies. I I think that's big. Like 
people people yeah, are gonna huge. focus on okay alex caruso is back brooke lopez is back like i i feel like dylan brooks is to some degree underrated and perhaps it's the shooting the other there's he can shoot you out of some games there's there's no question but what he gives you defensively on the wing kind of the swagger that he's got it's the kind of thing that can matter in a playoff game and so i think this is big for the grizzlies to get him back in action yeah, it, it really is. What that team was missing was another shock creator um, to help ease that burden on John Moran. I like Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's not quite there yet, right? Desmond Bain is still, to this point in his career, he's a lot more of a um, of a secondary mm-hmm. creator, a get shots created for him kind of, kind of guy. So I think it's, uh, in this case, you need one more guy. And we know Dylan Brooks, you know, he believes he's an elite shot creator, right? He's never gonna gonna <laughs> turn down a look, and he thinks you know you match him up against you know Kevin Durant, LeBron, anybody, and he's like, yeah, I got this, let's go. And you kind of need guys like that too. It's you, you need those guys with that irrational confidence to push you forward. So this is this is big for Memphis because the other thing this will help with is it just eases, eases for the next few weeks here until the regular season ends that burden on john morant to create everything hopefully allows him to go on the go into the postseason the playoffs feeling a little bit fresher and ready to go yeah absolutely absolutely so that could help in that regard as well uh markeith morris also back he's been out for i mean ever since that nikola Jokic incident which was like the beginning of the season now markeith morris is, is back in action so that's fantastic uh that neck injury was Obviously, no joke. Something that, oh man, here I go again. I used popping with pop, and now for something involved with Jokic, <laughs> I went to no joke, and that's completely unintentional. Oh, happy uh-huh. Monday. Sure. <laughs> happy Monday. <laughs> but in any event, Markeith Morris back in action again. Good good to see. Gives the Heat a little bit more depth uh, and can give you, again, that, that toughness that they're going to need come playoff time. Yeah, and, and it is, you know, you need those guys uh, on the floor too that are gonna they're they're not afraid in a good way to knock somebody down not the way Morse did it against Jokic and he didn't even knock him down but you know that folly game I mean that was ridiculous we already talked about that when it happened so we don't need to relitigate that whole thing but I do think it is you know it is you just you want a little bit of edge a little bit of meanness right you know when you're getting into the playoffs and they, they they've got it with him for sure and and that's also still kind of a hole on their roster they don't really have a backup for um it, it ultimately ends up kind of turning into um uh jimmy butler quite a bit and that's that's not ideal right you really want that to to be something you go to for a few minutes a night here and there and then a card you can play in the playoffs for something you have to go to all the time so i think i think this is pretty big uh for the heat you know even if it's only 10 minutes a night that's 10 minutes a night you're not having to put that on somebody yeah. else yeah absolutely uh brooke lopez also getting back in action as well as george hill for uh, for the Bucs. So that's been, you know, we talked about Sergio Baca being kind of a placeholder for Brooke Lopez, somebody that can eat some minutes for you. But uh, but Brooke Lopez getting back, he's only what he played. I think he played opening night, didn't he? He played yep. opening night and then he's been out ever since and getting George Hill back in action. Yep. Again, those are just more veterans to bring in for the Bucks. Lopez has, well, especially last year in the championship run, he was an important part of what they were doing. So the Bucks, who at times the Bucks look like they flip the switch and you just go, oh yeah, they're still really, really good. They don't do it every single night, 
But you get these guys back. I think the Bucks are still primed for a, a deep playoff run here. Who knows? Could be could be a back to back champion if things go well for them. Yeah, for sure. They lost the other night to the Suns, but they're seven mm-hmm. and three in their last ten. They're they're only two and a half behind Miami. They're tied with Philly, virtually tied with Philly for second in the East. And still gonna hold off the Bulls and the Celtics, and we'll we'll keep the Cavs in that mix too, three and a half back behind them. So you know the East, there there's just no separation being created there. It's still you know super tight, but getting Lopez back huge, right? And this again, it gives you about about three weeks to work him back in, make sure everything feels pretty good where it's at. And the same thing with George Hill. He hasn't been out as long as Lopez has, but he's been out for a while himself and just another guy. And they need a little bit more depth because unfortunately they lost DeAndre Bembry, who looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season after suffering what looked like and sounds like is a serious right knee injury. We don't have any kind of details on that yet um, that I've seen, but that's a, you know, Pretty big blow uh, to the Bucs. And he wasn't playing a ton. He was only playing about, again, eight, nine minutes a night off the bench. But that's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But George Hill coming back, that, you know, eases that burden as well. Yeah, that's, um, you know. The- oh, and Pat Connaughton is starting to do a little bit of work, mm. too. So it sounds like he'll get back maybe shortly before the end of the regular season. So Milwaukee's going to be relatively whole yeah. here uh, going on the plot. And again, they are going to be a tough out for anybody. Uh, we've got a few 10 day contracts. The Pelicans, they get Alizé Johnson. He's bounced around a bit this, this year, but he get he gets signed to a hardship 10 day, uh, for the Pelicans. The Pels, I mean, they've been dealing with some injury issues, health and safety protocols for CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, the hamstring strain, um, not the time of year when they wanted to be experiencing all of this, but so they bring in, uh, Alizé Johnson to, to come in and help them stem the tide a little bit. Yeah, and this is on the heels of uh, bringing in Tyron Wallace mm-hmm. as well. So they've they've got two uh, guys there there with them for the next a uh, little bit here on ten days. McCollum, hopefully he's back soon. Sounds like Ingram maybe. I think they said a week to ten days, and that was about probably three or four days ago now. Uh, so hopefully you know he's getting close, maybe a week out or so for him. But yeah, and then we still don't know. Maybe Zion, maybe not. Yeah. You know, we're we're not really hearing, hearing any updates beyond he is back with the team and he was actually at the game and on the bench with the team and everything. So they're they're hanging in there. I mean, they're they're, they're probably my guess is it's it's so hard because it feels like if the Spurs could put together a good week of basketball, they could push maybe into that 10 mm-hmm. spot in the play. And they just haven't done it. It's been you know a while. And then Portland, I mean, they won the other night against Washington in a game where it looked like Washington really needed to win and Portland pulls it out. But I mean, when you look at what Portland's putting on the floor right now, it is not a, uh, you know, they, these are not um, NBA starting and rotation uh, caliber players for the most part uh, night to night. So, you know, I, I'm going to guess New Orleans may almost just kind of w- win the pillow fight by default yeah. there. Yeah, that, that could very well be what happens. And I think a couple of games to watch the, the Pelicans and the Lakers do play a couple of times in the last few weeks here. So mm-hmm. those will be big in determining where and that we... could matter for nine ten. Exactly. right? I mean, that's, you know. Uh, that's the difference between being on the road for two games or at least home for one game. Absolutely. Okay, we've got uh, Drew Eubanks gets a third 10-day, uh, speaking of the Blazers, and Chris Dunn gets a 10-day as well. This this is the season of, like, bizarre third, fourth. Have, has anybody got a fifth 
10 day at this point with the, with the team because, <laughs> because we had so many of the health and safety 10 day deals. Yeah. Um, yeah, which don't count right, exactly. like normal. No, normally, uh, normally it all counts towards the 10, the, uh, the two 10 days. And then you have to sign a guy for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. These have all been, uh, you know, the, the, the time where you have hardship and they, they don't count. Um, another guy that gets a 10 day Isaiah Thomas, second 10 day contract yeah, second with the day. Hornets. What do you think? Do you think he sticks after the conclusion of this? I do. He's played really well for them. And James Borrego came out, the Hornets coach came out and said, he's going to be because he really likes the energy Great. that Isaiah Thomas brings when he's out on the floor. So yeah, I think he definitely sticks there. I think, um, you know, we'll see him, um, you know, continue to play alongside uh, guys like LaMelo Ball and that he really seems to enjoy being there and they seem to enjoy having him. So I, I, I my guess is he does one more 10 day and as long as all goes well through the rest of this 10 day, then they sign him for the rest of the season. Fantastic. It feels like we've been talking about this all season long, that we just want him to yeah. stick somewhere. So this is great if, if he does wind up sticking yep. with the Hornets, particularly, you know, it, get into the playoffs and then see what he can do there and, and all of that. And who knows, maybe this, uh, breathes new life into in his career. And that would be fantastic mm-hmm. to see. Yep. Uh, the Suns signed a player to a two-way. Ify Lundberg gets a two-way deal with them. This one's kind of cool. Um, he is the first. He technically is the second Dane, uh, Danish-born player from Denmark to play in the NBA. But the first one grew up in Canada mm-hmm. and actually played for team Canada. So, so the Danes don't really claim him. Uh, this was, that was, you know, several, several years ago. Um, so, so Gabriel, Ify Lundberg, uh, they're claiming him as their first, uh, you know, NBA player. And that's, that's super cool, mm-hmm. right? Just shows continued growth, right? Uh, he was playing. The other interesting part of this is he was playing for Cheska Moscow. And that is the state, army run team um in in the uh, russian league um as we know the russian leagues have all been barred uh from competition outside of russia the the russian teams have so he actually paid his own buyout um to get out of his contract there in full to come over to join the Suns and come come to the u.s so uh so we'll see you know what he does with the Suns for the rest of this year but you know i mean just a kind of cool story all around that I guess getting this opportunity and the way he got there um, related to that. Uh, there are only, I believe it's four or five total um, American born players left playing in mm-hmm. Russia. Uh, probably the one most people would recognize the name of is Casper Ware. He, he you know, b- bounced around the NBA for a couple years, um, but most players have left. Uh, Kevin Pangos, who famously took a buyout from yep. the Cavs, gave back a hundred thousand. He was set to sign. I uh, actually did sign, but decided not to report uh, because of what was, you know, home. because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So um, we're going to see, you know, how that all plays out over the next, um, you know, several months here because they are offering big, big money to some of the players to come come back in play as well as some players to just come and play and take take their money to finish out their seasons but the challenge that that agents are worried about is so many of these teams owners have had all their assets right. frozen are they going to be able to yeah. pay and deliver on those paychecks so and of course that's beyond all of the you know optics of you know going to russia right now to play basketball and all those kind of things for players so so but we'll see how that all plays out over the next uh you know, several months here, but for, for now, you know, most guys are there, but yeah, I mean, 
Ify Lumberg, you know, let's go. My my buddy Morton Jensen, who I know listens to the show, he's super excited. If you know more, uh, he's uh, has been covering the NBA for a long time from Denmark, and he's a uh, you know he and his countrymen are beyond excited to have to have their guy in the well, NBA. Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm looking here at my notes, and I realized that I missed one of the comebacks, and I don't know how I skipped this. I mentioned him previously, but we didn't actually get into it. Alex Caruso, Alex yeah. Caruso coming back. Yep. Uh, Alex Caruso, the, yep. the, the bald eagle, the bald mamba, big balder brand, <laughs> the man of many nicknames, but I'm happy to see him back out there after uh, he was dealing with a broken wrist, thanks to uh, mm-hmm. a certain Bucks player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, he shall not yeah. be named. Um, yeah, I mean, Caruso came back and impact mm-hmm. right away in his first game. I think he had eight, eight points, four assists, and four steals. Uh, so he'll tighten up that perimeter defense some and hopefully get them back to to playing a little better. They, they, they've won a couple in a row now. They've slipped uh, down in the standings. They're, they're only a, a game ahead of the Celtics right now for fourth uh, in the East. So we'll we'll see. And then Lonzo Ball, maybe. Patrick Williams, maybe. Let's see you know where those go. But, yeah, it's uh, great to have Alex Crusoe back for sure. We've seen the Bulls perform as one of the top teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Then we saw them deal with the tidal wave of injuries. So now for them, the key is just just yep. get everybody back healthy. And ideally, you do it with at least a handful of games left so you can get a little bit of rhythm and then hit the playoffs. And then you can just let the chips fall where they may. But again, it's about getting yep. healthy right now for the Chicago Bulls. Again, they've been on, uh, you know, they, they were looking really good for a while. Injuries have taken their toll. I still think this can be a very dangerous team come playoff time. I mm-hmm. think people are starting to write them off because they've kind of lost a little bit of that momentum, but if they get their guys, if they've got people coming back healthy again, I think they can do a ton of damage come playoff time. Yeah. I think too, the other thing when people are looking a little deeper into it is they've been very poor against the best mm-hmm. teams in the league. The other playoff teams, they have a pretty poor record. So, but yeah, I mean, anytime you've got three guys like DeRozan, Levine and Vucevic who can score third, points any given night you're going to be in pretty good shape as long as you can play some defense and that's what Caruso and uh, I'll, I'll take the owner this one because we didn't put it on the rundown but Draymond Green's coming back tonight Monday night for the uh, Golden State Warriors so um so that's a big uh big return as well mm-hmm. uh the Warriors have you know uh semi-righted the ship they've won three in a row uh here and they're now they're in a battle with the Grizzlies for that two seed and you know it's it's I'm very curious to see how teams are going to treat that. You know, I think, you know, do you want to be the two seed mm-hmm. or the one seed? I mean, the Suns are going to be the one seed. That's, you know, clear and done. But Grizzlies, Warriors, would you rather play Denver? Or do you want to have, you know, Minnesota or the Clippers? My guess is you'd rather be the two and get Minnesota or the Clippers, yeah. right? Because you don't want to deal with Jokic and maybe Murray, maybe uh, Porter. No. You know, yeah, that's, that's – I don't even know why I brought that up as a question. Unless you think the Lakers are getting in there and up to seven and that's – Probably not no, happening at this point. Just mathematically, that doesn't look possible. But let me yeah. throw this in there, though. What if suddenly we get a positive report on Paul George? That, that's different. Then, yeah. then that could change. But that could come last minute. Suddenly the Clippers go, surprise. Yep. And then, you know. That would that would be rough if you if you're the if you're the two seed and then surprise, it's the Clippers with Paul George and maybe Kawhi. You're not excited yep. about that. Let me throw you a question. This was interesting. This was something that Bill Simmons brought uh-huh. up. Um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Should the plan have a win percentage cut off? Like right now, it's no matter what, it's the top 10, mm-hmm. right? So so seven through 10 go into the play-in tournament. 
should there be a cutoff where it is no nah, you didn't win enough so you don't go and then we just you know whether it be a buy or whatever it is or you just lock into to it do what do you think about that and I, let's take this current specific season out of you know out of your thoughts as best you can because sure. i know you you may have different thoughts about it right now at the moment yeah yeah i mean i'm not looking at it as though like oh man i really want to keep the plan just to make sure the lakers get in like yeah. For, oh, there's a lot of Lakers fans that right now are saying we wish the plan oh, yeah. didn't exist. Let's just end this. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Can we fast forward to July 1st already? Let's we're done. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm not I'm definitely not going to look at this as though like, you know, the Lakers being in a play in spot right now. I'm not going to let that impact me, but I'm going to look at it more from an NBA perspective. I think that complicates things. And I think the play in tournament is to some degree exciting because you get win or go home basketball. You get that importance of those games. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the selling point. For the, for the league is you can get that exciting win or you're done March madness East style feel to some extra games in the season. And so sure. from that perspective, whether the win percentage is high or not, I think that's what they want. And on top of that, how many fans are going to spend their time looking at the exact win percentage on the season? They're probably not going to spend a lot of time, you know, you and I will, but most fans probably aren't going to follow along with not just what spot they are in the standing, but what the win percentage is. So I I wouldn't be in favor of that, at least looking at it from the perspective of the NBA. I think they feel like they've found something here that adds a little bit of excitement to the end of the season. Maybe it prevents some tanking and adds a little bit of intrigue there. So I, I don't, I wouldn't make that change if it's me. Yeah, I guess the only time I think where it would be Pretty crappy is like, like, look, look at the Raptors and the Timberwolves, mm. right? The two current seven sure. seeds, probably maybe the likely seven seeds. They've had legitimately good seasons, both yeah. teams. I would hate that if like, let's say in their final game of the season on that Saturday, one of their key guys rolls an ankle and, and is, and needs to be out for about five mm -hmm. days. So he ends up missing the entirety of the play in. And then some team that won 34 games comes up and gets hot for two days, you know, they're even semi hot for two days and wins. And, and now all of a sudden you're out like that part does leave me feeling a little cold on the whole thing. And I get it. We always had these teams that got in with losing records mm -hmm. in the past and all those kind of things. Um, but that, it's not the case right now. It hasn't been the case the last couple years. So I, I do wonder, you know, if there maybe is something to that, whether it's a games back qualifier, like, like it was that first time they ran this in the mm -hmm. bubble, which was more is a, Hey, this, we're putting this in play now because of the fact that we, we want to uh, counter missing all these sure. games, um, you know, make sure we take care of teams um, with that. But it's just something, something he threw out there and it, kind of that was like kind of that's kind of interesting uh, that was that was a, a task while i was folding laundry <laughs> today um, I mean, it got me thinking i was like i'm gonna ask trevor about that when we record yeah later. that's it's it's an interesting idea um and i can see it from that perspective too if you are one of those teams that if you're the seven or eight seed you're not happy about it right because under the yeah. under the previous format you're yeah you're, you you're feel in. like you already did yeah you're you're in yeah. um so that's you know, you, you can see where that's tough. But again, from the league sure. perspective, I think those games definitely help you out. Uh, I yeah. will say, though, that. Well, I mean, it's been awesome, yeah. right? The first couple of years of it have right. been great. So and if you yeah. look at it, let's say we went back, let's say just right now, Adam Silver said, just kidding, everybody. We're going back to the old format. One through eight gets in. And obviously, they're not doing <laughs> that right now. But pretend you reverted to that. Yeah. If that happened right now. 
every playoff team would be above 500. Mm-hmm. That I don't know how, yeah. how often that that happens, but it, I it, I seem to yeah. remember a lot of years where you would have in one conference or another you would have one maybe two teams that <laughs> no 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 in one I'm trying conference. to be nice Keith I'm trying to be nice here man but but you would get you would get yeah. a couple of you know sometimes one sometimes two below 500 teams sneaking in and then you would have on the flip side the other conference you would have a few above 500 teams not getting in and people would say oh mm-hmm. this needs to be fixed this would be the one year yeah. where nobody would say oh you need to fix conference imbalance and all that because all the 500 and above teams would be in all the below 500 teams yep. would be out yeah. Yep. Hey, while we're on standing mm-hmm. talk, just to to you know make sure we're being complete, uh, the Detroit Pistons became the second team officially mm-hmm. eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, they 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 joined the Orlando Magic, so those two teams are officially eliminated. The Phoenix Suns remain the only team to have clinched a playoff spot, but we're gonna start getting uh, those. I think if my math is right, probably by the end of the week we may have a couple mm-hmm. more of those. Mm-hmm. And won't be that long in two until Phoenix clinches the number one seed throughout the playoffs. Yeah, that's probably a couple yeah. weeks out unless Memphis or Golden State slip. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of time. Seven and a half yeah. game lead. They're not getting that right up. Now in the Grizzlies. They're, they're not getting caught. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Again, make sure you do follow us. If you're over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you give us that rating particularly a five-star rating. We would love that. And then over on Apple Podcasts, if you want to throw us a comment in the form of a review, we always love getting those in as well. So again, appreciate all of you joining us here. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com